Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we're going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. So welcome everybody. Today we are talking about the bedroom and I'm actually quite ironically and coincidentally recording in my bedroom at the moment so I can look around and see examples as I speak because we have workmen next door drilling and I have to be as far away from them as possible. So Tara, I assume you're not in the bedroom at the moment? I am not in the bedroom. <laughs> I am in my office, so which is next door to my bedroom, but I don't I don't do any kind of work stuff in my bedroom. I know that some people um, have desks and stuff as part of their, you know, master bedroom, but that's mm. not that way in our house. Yeah, we. I don't either, and usually it's it's sort of a one-off thing at the moment, but I don't do anything in my bedroom. <laughs> it sounds weird. <laughs> um <laughs> But Expand, yeah, it's, please. It's, yeah. Uh, well, it's for sleeping and getting dressed mm. and, you know, special cuddles and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the master bedroom and most of the tips that we'll go through today you can apply to any bedroom, but it's important to define what it is you do with that space. And yeah. I guess in our business that quite often ends up being question number one when we're going to see clients, see a house, see a space and say, what do you want for this space? What is the function of this space? Explain. And Mm. I think once you start defining what you want to use the space for or what you do use the space for, it makes it a bit clearer to work out what should be in that space and what shouldn't. Yep. And like you said, it's the same with sort of most of the areas in the house. It really does help you to get the space the way you want it if you know what you want it for. That's it. So because our master bedrooms are the places where we begin and end our day every day, hopefully for most of us, unless we've been kicked out and sent to the couch (laughs) for snoring or something like that. Um, So the average person spends eight hours a day asleep. I wish I always got eight hours. I'm sure some of us sleep more. I know that quite often I will sleep less. Um, yeah, I've got but, friends who sleep a lot less than that. Mm, when you think about it, though, if if you averaged eight hours, that's a third of your day. So when you extrapolate it out, if you lived for 75 years, you would spend 25 years asleep or trying to get to sleep. That's quite a long time to spend in your bed and in your bedroom when you think about it that way. It is. And I think that, you know, when you think about it that way, you you don't then want that room that you spend so much time in to be uncomfortable in any way. Or overwhelming. Like this is mm. the, the idea that you finish off your day in that room, in that space, if it's anything less than comfortable and welcoming and cozy that's not a great end to the day and likewise Mm. when you open your eyes if the first thing you lay your eyes on in the morning is clutter and mess and stress how how does that start your day in a positive way I just Mm. I don't think I could do it yeah yeah I agree it's clutter is a reminder of all the things you have to do and all the things you haven't finished and all the things you want to do and that is a constant sort of source of anxiety for you. You can't 
switch off. You can't relax when you have a constant reminder of all the things that you need to do. And if you if you can't relax in your bedroom, then you're in trouble because that's the, the area that you do need to be able to relax in. Yeah, for sure. And because lack of sleep affects you in so many ways, hmm. not just feeling tired and lethargic the next day, but um, prolonged, not just insomnia, but reduced sleeping hours can affect your mental health, can affect your physical health and your physical well-being. Mm. You're never going to perform at like your peak physical ability if you're exhausted and tired. Yeah, um, and you're grumpy. I know I'm grumpy when oh, I'm tired. yeah. I, mm-hmm. I'm awful to be around. <laughs> I think for me I'm quite good at burning the candle at both ends for a while and then my warning um, light is my immune systems will start um, shutting down. I will start yeah. getting sore throats and colds and that kind of thing. I might get an ulcer and that's kind of my sign that I've just been working too hard or playing too hard and not giving mm. myself enough sleep. So your yeah. immune can immune system can really suffer. Yeah, it can. I've got one of those really robust <laughs> immune systems. I don't catch anything. Um, but for me, I, I'm just unpleasant to be around when I'm tired. So <laughs> it's more, more like everybody else suffers when I'm tired a bit oh, more nice. than me. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not in your best interest that you get a good sleep. It's in their best interest <laughs> yeah, that exactly. you get a good sleep. Um, yeah. They say too... Um, not having enough sleep can affect weight retention. And so I remember mm. years ago there was that fad diet that came out. I remember reading about it called the Duna diet and it was oh. saying that um, one of the best things you can do to help reduce weight if that's part of your goal is to sleep more. And I was like, wow, that sounds like a diet I could get <laughs> get <Yeah>. into. <laughs> yeah. That's a diet I'm on every Sunday, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Um, and it can affect your fertility as well. So um, that ah. that's a can be a big factor for some people, um, their yeah. sleep or lack of sleep. And then there's the fact that a cluttered room can affect your libido or your intimacy with your partner. I know if my room was uh, full of washing and ironing and Mm. piles of this and stuff to sort and mess, I would be like, yep, that's not happening in there. Yeah, (laughs) It doesn't allow you to relax, you know. Uh, Yeah, it definitely doesn't set the mood, does it? No. No. Unless you had really exquisite mood lighting and just uh, (laughs) managed to create art displays out of the piles of washing. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I guess, and well, thinking of that as well is that if you've got loads of clutter in your room, there actually sometimes literally isn't any room for two people to roll around in. There are a lot of um, clients that I've had who've had stuff all over their bed and they kind of just squish into one little corner. And mm. so, you know, there's no room there either. So then when we start thinking about decluttering our bedroom, we need to, like we said, we need to work out what the function of the space is. So in your experience, Beck, with clients or just in your life experience, what are some of the functions that you have seen happen or go on within a, a bedroom space? Other than sleeping, what else happens in there? Um, there are a lot of clients have got desks in their office. Uh, sorry, of course they've got desks in their office. A lot of clients have desks in their bedrooms. They mm-hmm. work in there, TV, watching TV, gaming 
a mm-hmm. lot of people have I've seen have gaming stuff in their bedroom. Obviously, they store their clothes, so that's sort of an, an obvious one. Uh, arts and craft, which sort of comes with the desk area. Uh, a lot of people will do that. But a lot of the time it's used for storing stuff that they can't find a home for anywhere else. And because the bedroom is a place that no one really you can you can easily hide like no one expects to just wander into your bedroom when they come to visit it's a it's mm-hmm. a place that you can easily hide so that's where a lot of stuff gets dumped because you know you it's not you're only in your room in, at night and during the day while you're rushing around it's easy to just put stuff in the bedroom so that you're not falling over it while you're running around and it just ends up being a bit of a repository for all sorts of stuff that just doesn't have a home um, books and paperwork often also get stashed in the bedroom. Lots of piles of paperwork I've seen under beds and along the side of the beds and um, piled up on bookcases as well. What about mm-hmm. you? Any, you found anything else? <clears throat> well, you have the that people in that certain phase of life with young kids, quite often it can become a place for kids to sleep as well mm. if you've got young babies you know quite often there could be a bassinet in the room as well or a cot Mm. Um, I know I've had um, a client with a child that was having night tremors so there was a mattress on the floor at the end of um, the couple's bed for their child so if they were not having a good night they could they could crash in there and that became it started off as a temporary fixture but it became quite permanent and then so Mm. it was trying to work out how they function because that was the area that they used to stand in to get dressed and now there's a mattress there so how do you work right. around that so sometimes people have those kind of objects as well and then a lot of people and this is not me but a lot of people have their pets sleep in their room so oh, quite yeah. often I will find you know pet baskets or cat scratching posts or yep. you know pet accessories in the bedroom as well that freaks me out because I'm not a inside dog kind of person but yeah we've our dogs allowed up on our bed um but Mm -hmm. only if we're there and only if we allow her and she doesn't sleep there at night she just sort of comes to visit if someone lets her in in the morning while someone's still in bed she'll run down and jump up on the bed for for cuddles she likes mm-hmm. that. Or and other times I'll find her. Uh, I'll just she'll just go missing during the day, and I'll come down to the bedroom and I'll find her on our bed. She really likes laying on our bed during the day. Uh, she can see oh. out the front window. It's her favorite view. She can see everything that's going on in the neighborhood from from the end of our bed. So she's got like nice, warm, cozy, soft place plus a view. So it's like heaven for her. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, yeah. My my dog is not allowed in the bedroom. He really, if he's inside, he's in his basket. That's kind of how it works with us and I'm, mm. I can cope with that. I think the first three times I stood on him when <laughs> he was a puppy and came home and was walking, following me around in the kitchen and because he's quite small, you mm. don't hear him and I kept stepping on him or tripping over him and I was like, okay, this is not going to work. Oh, timing. Yeah, I know, right? I'm just talking about it and there's there's my <laughs> dog out the front yelling at someone walking uh, past. <laughs> so, um, so yes, when my dog uh, has issues with thunder and lightning, I will move myself like the good mother I am onto the couch and sleep next to his dog basket so that <laughs> oh, he's good. not scared. I won't let him come in the bedroom. I have to move. <laughs> anyway, we digress. So 
Um, yeah, pet stuff, find pet stuff in there as well. I read in my bedroom. If I mm. find the space or make time to go on the weekend or during daylight hours to read, I will quite often go to my bedroom to read. So I want, I have a um, nice chair and a cushion in there as well um, where I will sit and read or sometimes I'll sit on the bed. But, um, again, I think one of the reasons I like going to my bedroom is because it's quiet, it's neat and tidy and there's nothing distracting. So mm. if I um, if I was to sit and read in the lounge room, then I might think, oh, I should probably vacuum the rug or so you know there's but my bedroom is always really tidy so yeah. I feel like it's a nice place to read I've got a chair in my bedroom but it pretty much serves the per- only purpose is of holding clothes <laughs> Okay we're going to get to that later because I have I have a thing with halfway clothes yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah well actually I that a lot of people have a thing with halfway clothes so we'll definitely chat about that mm. Yeah so I guess once you look through the list figure out what your bedroom does your but bird also room. what you <laughs> my bird room <laughs> oh, your sorry. bedroom uh once you figure out what your bedroom does um then I guess you need to figure out also what you want it to feel like then so a lot of people love staying at hotels and resorts and stuff because the bedrooms are beautiful mm. and amazing and pristine they're luxurious, they're minimalist. Think about the hotels you've stayed at that you've you've walked into a room and just gone, oh, this is mm. luscious. And it would be great to be able to recreate as much of that as possible in your master bedroom. Imagine walking in every night and going, yes, oh, I love the texture of this cushion, uh, you know, mm. I love the, the brightness, I love the minimalism, I love the whatever. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. And while you were talking, I was thinking one of the things, my favourite things actually about hotel rooms is the fact that someone comes in and tidies it every day. (laughs) (laughs) So I was thinking, yeah, like I love love all of the look and feel, but um, it's so easy to maintain that look and feel as well when someone comes and does it for you every day. But uh, yeah, I totally agree. It's and, And it's a good feeling to hang on to, to actually motivate you to get your bedroom a little bit more sorted because you can actually remember what that feels like and then you can say, I want that Mm -hmm. feeling again and I'm going to keep working until I get that feeling. So it's a really good motivator to think about when you've felt that way before and see if you can get it back again. Yeah, and I think once you've worked out what you want the space to function as, you also have to think then reverse engineer it and work out what is happening in that space that you don't want to happen anymore or that shouldn't happen anymore. So if clothes are stacked in there because you're hiding them from the lounge room because you've got people coming over and then you end up sitting on your bedroom floor folding clothes, is that the best place or is there somewhere else that you would like that to happen? Mm. If you're storing items like you said or items with no homes, maybe the bedroom isn't the place for that and you need to um, rehome those things or find some better storage options. Eating, I guess that's a pretty personal one. Some mm. people will eat in their bedrooms, especially if they're watching TV. If you want those things to happen in your room, great. If you don't, but they're happening because other areas in your house are cluttered, maybe work backwards and fix the other areas so that you can pull some of those Mm. things out of your room. Yeah, or if they're happening but you'd prefer they didn't 
happen. So, you know, if it's become a habit where like eating has become a habit, but then, and that's sort of nothing, you don't feel there's anything wrong with that. You enjoy doing that, but that then there is a mess being collected because of that. So, you know, there are, if there are plates being left down by the side of your bed or if your bedside table has got, you know, heaps of glasses on it. I had one client that quite often would sit at night in bed with her husband. He would get home really late and um, he, he, was, he was a doctor. He would get really late and he, they would sit and drink, have wine together before going to sleep in their bedroom. And every time I went in there, there were about four or five glasses of wine on the bedside tables and they just kept getting in her way all the time. And she'd quite liked the ritual of it. Uh, it was quite, it was mm-hmm. relaxing. It was a time for them to connect. There was all good things about all this ritual of having a glass of wine in bed, but the clutter that came with it um, was a problem. And so rather than changing the habit, we just created a new habit which involved getting up in the morning and when you leave the bedroom, carrying a few wine glasses with you um, so that you could keep the routine but not the clutter. Mm -hmm. Um, I think looking at like those things like clutter, have a look around your room and work out what is preventing you from enjoying it. So sit on your bed and look around and think, mm. okay, am I relaxed? Do I feel good here? If not, why not? Is it because I've got too many pieces of furniture and not enough space? Mm. Do I not have enough light? Can you change that? Yeah. Is it the colour of my walls? Yeah, do I have too much stuff in the yeah. wardrobe, which means I can't close it properly, mm-hmm. which means I can see it all spilling out all the time? Is there no floor space to stand? And get changed. Yeah, absolutely. Or do I just have items stored in here that shouldn't be stored in here? Do I have camping gear in the corner of my bedroom? Mm. And every time I look at it, it makes me realise that we haven't been camping in ages and then I feel guilty and then Mm. I lay in bed thinking, when can we have our next camping holiday? You know, there's so many things that come from it. If that doesn't work for you, then, you know, maybe there's some space in your in your roof space or your you've got yeah. an attic that you could store your camping gear, put it in the shed, put it somewhere out of sight if it's not working for you in that space. Yeah. So the things that are that should be in the bedroom are things that are useful and functional for you and that make you feel good and calm and relaxed. And that's about it. And I think I think the biggest key to getting your bedroom feeling comfortable is mostly about removing things. I don't think there's much mm-hmm. t- about adding stuff. Uh, that that's kind of phase two, really, isn't it? To to make it look like you would like it to from an aesthetic perspective, but getting it to be calm and functional and peaceful is actually more about removing things than anything else. Mm-hmm. And there's something really nice. Your eyes can come to rest on a nice clear surface a lot easier then you will find peace with your eyes resting on a Mm. a desk or a table or a chest of drawers that's covered in items, be they, you know, knickknacks or things that you want to display or just piles of clothes and paperwork. Yeah, and homeless Um, stuff. There's something really, really calming in having some smooth lines and just air in the Mm. room space. So, yeah, taking some of that stuff out and, and figuring it out and you're halfway there. I mean, it doesn't, your room shouldn't have to look like a luxury hotel yeah. to feel calm. You don't need to repaint. You don't need to, mm. you know, go and spend hundreds of dollars on cushions. If you can sit in there and just feel at peace, yep. that's all that matters. Yeah, really. exactly. Exactly. And you, like, mm. and you can do that at, at virtually no cost. You don't have to, all yeah. you're doing is removing things. 
So what's some of the most common bedroom clutter that you come across? Um, Obviously, excess clothes that don't fit in the wardrobe, ironing or folding, just piles of clean washing, Mm -hmm. homeless things like random bits of jewellery and hair accessories and water bottles and rubber bands and pens and all that kind of stuff collects on horizontal surfaces quite a bit. There's often mm-hmm. half uh, halfway stuff, so um, like projects. So it might be a bag of things that you need to give to a friend or that you want to take to the school to give to their secondhand uniform shop or something that you need to return or something that you need to repair. There's a lot of those, I need to do something with this kind of stuff that gets put in the bedroom and it often gets put in the bedroom as a reminder, I think, to do it. But obviously, you know, it can stick around for a fair amount of time. And then it's a reminder of, you know, your big long to-do list. Mm, that's right. So speaking of halfway, let's let's face it, let's talk about the halfway clothes. Mm-hmm. What's your, so in my head, halfway clothes are clothes that you wear for a few hours, or maybe you've, you know, worn them for the day, but, and that you don't believe they're dirty enough to put in the wash. Mm-hmm but they're not clean so you don't hang them up and so they go usually on the chair or on, <laughs> or on the, the end of the bed or on the floor. <clears throat> they find a halfway point and then and I come across so many piles of these halfway clothes and um, it's one of my bugbears. I'm like, just make a decision. <laughs> it'll take you. It'll take you two minutes. It won't even. It'll take you five seconds now to decide what to do with that item, but don't just put it in the halfway chair. Well, I think people put it in the halfway chair because they don't think it belongs in the other spots. So it doesn't belong in the dirty clothes because they would like to wear it again, but they don't want to put it up in the wardrobe because, well, I don't know why, because I I tend to put them back in the wardrobe, but I will leave them sometimes on the chair just in case I want to wear them the next day. So that's the main reason is my halfway clothes will go on the chair if It'll just save me time because then I don't have to fold them. I'll just lay them over stuff and uh, over the back of the chair and then they're good to go the next morning. But in reality, I very, very rarely wear the same things two days in a row unless I'm home slobbing about two days in a row and that's quite rare. So I probably shouldn't use the halfway thing at all really because it actually doesn't benefit me as much as I I think it does. But there are, there are a lot of people who think that it's bad to put clothes that you've already worn back in the wardrobe. Have you heard that before? Oh, yeah, and lots of because I will say to clients, okay, so this pile here, is it clean? No. Okay, then put it in the wash, but it's not dirty. <laughs> it's like, well, then it, it's so I'm like it can't be halfway. You need to, if it is clean enough that you will wear it again, then it should be clean enough to hang in your wardrobe. Mm. And if you've if you've worn it, and because I, because so you know, I'm an obsessive ironer. <laughs> if if I, I wear something and it's clean, uh, and I think I could wear it again, but I think it needs another press, I will go and put it then in in my ironing basket <laughs> to re-iron, to re-wear. But I'm like, otherwise, just put it back in your cupboard. If it's clean enough to put back on, it's clean enough to be in your cupboard. Mm. Or if you think it needs a freshen up, then you need to put it in the wash. And I'm like that with my kids as well. And I am aware that I probably create more washing than I need to because my kids will go, uh, it's easier to, you know, try and shoot a three-pointer from the other side <laughs> of the room and get my T-shirt in the basket than it is to get a coat hanger out and hang it oh, up. Yes. So I think 
I've, you know, I've found, I probably end up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you probably do, but it's also them. I've found in my kids' dirty clothes baskets, clean clothes still folded. And I'm like, dude, you, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand why it's, it seems, I mean, obviously it's easier because, you know, shortcuts are all the rage when you're a teenager, but I, I just, I'm, I'm dumbfounded and I'll, I'll go to them and I'll just say to them, what are you thinking? Like, I'm, seriously, what are you thinking? Would you like to do your own washing? Because I'm really, really close to enforcing that <laughs> when I find these clean <laughs> yeah. stuff. I mean, they all, they put away their own clothes, but, um, but they don't put the washing on and hang it out. I do all of that. And when they put clean stuff in, it just it enrages me. I just don't understand why you would do that. Uh, some clients have said to me before that, that you can't put or you shouldn't put clothes back in the wardrobe that you've worn because it's more likely to attract moths. I don't know if this is a myth or if it's real. Have you heard that? Do you reckon it's real? Mm, no, I haven't heard yeah, that. I've had a few people say that to but, me. And I guess... I guess that's my theory, though, is um, if it's dirty or if you, I mean, I don't know what, what are moths attracted to know. in clothes that have been worn that versus clothes that haven't yeah, been worn. Yeah, I don't know. Because if there's, you know, it's, and see, my issue with my kids sometimes um, is the opposite. They'll wear something that they love. It's their favourite. They want to wear it again. So they hang it back up, even though it's got a bolognese <laughs> stain right down the front. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to breed a science experiment in your cupboard <laughs> with all the leftover food scattered over your clothes. This needs to go in the wash. But, yeah, so I think I will always err on the side of washing it mm. again um, and washing my things again. But I'm really, there's no there's no halfway in my yeah. house. And I think then once you, once you start seeing that, so when you see that chair or that chest of jaw, drawers in your space with nothing on it, then when you put something on it, it looks out of place and it kind of reminds mm, you true. that you need to make a decision. And the thing I always think, um, and this is something I was talking to someone recently about with saving time, is that when you take something off your body, be it, you know, shoes or clothes or whatever, you can spend five seconds now deciding where that thing goes or you can spend 50 minutes on the weekend figuring out where all the stuff mm. goes that you have taken off and put in the halfway points all throughout the week because then your laundry basket is still empty because you didn't, didn't make a decision about anything. It all just got chucked in a mm. pile. And then you have to sit there and go through it item by item. So just take the five seconds now and make a decision yeah. and live with that decision. Yeah. About, and if you think it's going to mm. attract moths or something, maybe you need less clothes in your wardrobe so there's a little bit more air in there as well. Clothes that are all jam-packed together aren't going to – if you do put – a cl- clothing that might you might think is a bit it's a bit worn like maybe I don't know musty or I don't know but good enough to wear again but it's you know not fresh that it might generate a smell or something in the wardrobe and I think if you do have your wardrobe completely jam-packed that could happen so you know part of the the whole getting this halfway pile out of your routine is also making sure that there's room in your wardrobe to put things away easily and with air around them. You know, when you when you run your hands along your hanging clothes, they should move. You know, they shouldn't just stay there in the one spot. They should swish. And if you mm. if they're staying in the one spot, then there's too many, they're jammed together and then maybe you will end up with 
moths or a stale smell or something like that. But st- I started a new routine. I, I used to have this the horrible halfway pile, but it wasn't actually the halfway pile so much. It was I intended I definitely intended to put them back into the wardrobe. But what the routine our routine used to be, and it sort of changed recently, but. Mick would go to bed before me almost every night and I would stay out for another hour and then I would come into the bedroom and I would have to put my pyjamas on in the dark so that I didn't wake him up and really quietly. And so I wasn't going to be banging around in the wardrobe folding my clothes and putting them away. I just threw them on the chair. And then at the end of the Mm -hmm. week there would be a nice big pile on the chair and Mick would say, can you please deal with your chair robe? Um, And I would deal with it then so I used to sort of every Sunday would just deal with everything that was on but it wasn't working for me and like you were saying it's this all amount of this this big chunk of my Sunday taken up putting clothes away and then I'd get behind on the washing I would lose things I'd be like where's that top and it would be on the chair robe and um, I sort of decided to stop doing that and I what I did is I created a new routine of putting my jammies on after I put the kids to bed and said goodnight to them so I would mm-hmm. do that before it was actually bedtime and that way there was no one else in the bedroom. I could hang my stuff up and I could put it away properly and then I would just have to slip in really quietly um, when it was time for bed and just crawl into bed without having to, you know, wake wake Mick up. So that new routine actually changed the state of my bedroom because it didn't have the pile of clothes on the bed building up uh, over the week. I could have just done them the next morning but I never did because mornings aren't my most prime time <laughs> not much gets done in the morning apart from you know moping around and glaring at people <laughs> while you were telling that lovely story about your chair drobe love that word I looked up whether oh, moths will because uh, I thought I could say we'll put it in the show notes but if people don't get to that they'll They'll wonder. They'll lie in bed tonight in their beautiful, pristine bedroom, not being able to sleep because they don't know where the worn clothes are tracking off. So this website, totalwardrobecare.co.uk, says moths love the food proteins in wool and especially love the food, skin and hair particles we leave behind. Do not put dirty or even once worn clothes back in the wardrobe. There you go. But I've never had wardrobe no, moths. No, I never so. have had either. So that's why I sort of, I've never had a but moth. But it says they do like dark, warm spaces. Ah. So I think, like you said, if you have allowed a bit mm. of air in your wardrobe as well um, and don't have things so tightly jam-packed, maybe that might yeah. help things out. Well, that's very interesting. So, mm. so now that you know that, are you going to keep putting your worn clothes back in the wardrobe? <sighs> I don't know. It's very, you know what, really when I think about it, the only clothes I put back regularly are jeans. Yeah. I will wear my well, jeans not meant a couple to. of times before Yeah, you're not meant to them. wash them every time. It's not good for them. <clears throat> See, I have a terrible habit of even my nice clothes. I'll come home and then I'll decide to go and quickly weed the veggie <laughs> garden and then everything ends up dirty anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I'll think about it. I might, I might do some more research and I'll update people later yeah. about the whole, the whole moth idea yeah. and see if there's ways to prevent it. Well, I'm going to keep doing what I've been doing because I've never had a moth before. So I figure, you know, if mm-hmm. I do get moths, I might sort of change my my mind. But I, with the rule in our house, because I, I just don't like doing washing 
much. It's unnecessary. It uses water, it uses electricity and blah, blah, blah. And I prefer for things and to, to be worn a few times. And so I just say to the kids, if it smells or it's got a stain on it, it goes in the wash. If it doesn't, keep wearing it. <laughs> So it's just keep wearing mm-hmm. it until I say you smell bad or you notice that, you know, it's a bit grotty mm-hmm. or it's got a mark on it. And um, so that's when things go in the wash for me. Yeah. I It's pretty easy. My kids wear white polo shirts to school. <gasps> so they pretty much go in the wash every day yeah. because they have an amazing area at their school called The Bushes, <laughs> which is like this little woodland area. Oh, what fun. And they set up shops and they trade rocks for sticks and you know you pay three rocks you get a back massage you know like <laughs> it's a really cool. it's a, there's a whole like little society going on in there but they come yeah, home filthy filthy it's like you can't the, the collar is white and the front of the shirt is a brownie <laughs> orange color so there, there's no check if they're clean with the uniform it's, it's like they're not yep, yeah fast tracker yeah yeah straight to the machine yep. Mm, but so what other than um sorting out changing your nighttime routine and when you take your clothes off what else do you do to keep clutter out of your bedroom bed um pick up after myself as much as possible anytime something comes into the bedroom it gets taken out again uh, fairly regularly I'm not like I'm not a clean freak so you know just I'm just looking around the bedroom now and I can see like there's a t-shirt on this I've got a chest of drawers. So there's a T-shirt sitting on top of the chest of drawers that I accidentally put in Mick's wardrobe and he's taken it out and just left it on the bed because he doesn't know whose it is. So that's actually Zoe's. Um, there are three items of clothing that I want to return that are sitting up on the, that chest of drawers as well and I need to deal with those today. And my bedside table has always got stuff on it. I clear that off once every couple of weeks when I vacuum and dust but that's always got some stuff on it. But for the most part, that's about all that's in my bedroom. That's sort of not meant to be. And I basically have rules for what goes where and nothing's allowed on the floor. I've got a, uh, things behind my chair. There's a spot for things that have to be returned to people. So that's my home for things to return. I've got a home outside the bedroom for things to donate. But it's having rules for me. It's, you know, this just doesn't live in here and it's not allowed to be in here anymore. And those things that I mentioned, like the T-shirt, obviously that was in here because I thought it was whoever was putting clothes away, I thought it was Mix and put it in his wardrobe. And the things that I have to return are clothes. So they've come in here to be to, to be tried on and they didn't uh, fit, so they've got to be moved on again. But they're sitting in here because of that. But I think rules are the biggest one for me of, you know, this doesn't live here, so I just can't leave it in here. Yeah, right. Well, that's good. We have, My room doesn't have rules so much as my husband's an early bird. He's up crazy early and leaves work at about quarter to seven. Mm. So that is before I am out of bed. So it's kind of thrown over to me. He's quite good. He puts all his clothes where they need to go. So he doesn't really leave too much stuff lying around. But then when I get up in the morning, I will get up, make the bed, open the curtains and kind of do a quick sweep around the room Mm. and I walk out of the bedroom to go and make my first cup of tea for the day. But my bedroom is tidy. So if there's anything, and it's five minutes, I think, five to seven probably, I will Mm. get up, do all of that and I'm out with with the kettle on at seven o'clock. But my room is tidy and then that's it for the rest of the day. One of my little hacks because I 
Um, I don't like clutter on my bedside table and I think that's because it's the last thing I see Mm. when I turn my light off at night. So the way that I prevent that happening, I have a couple of um, like quite kitsch-looking little suitcases, um, like a display thing, and they've got a few items in them that are sitting on my bedside table and there's a lamp and then there's a little wax warmer that makes our room smell nice that's it on my bedside Mm. table so the way I keep it pristine other than those items is I keep my top drawer empty in my bedside table so my my book I'm gonna do that I put in there I love that (laughs) so because there's like at night I might hop into bed and then I think oh I've still got my earrings in I can't be bothered getting out so I take my earrings out take my watch off I'll read my book and then I might have a little water bottle. I've got, maybe I've got my phone with me. So all of that goes into the top drawer and I close it and then I turn the light off. And then in the morning, I mean, it's still clutter, I guess. It's just hidden clutter. In the morning, I'll get up and deal with that. Or if I don't get to dealing with it um, straight away, when I need my watch, I know yeah. where it will be. When I need my book, I know where it is. But it's not so um, basically. It's not all stacked up on top. You, the drawer is not permanent storage for anything it's just temporary storage only oh my god that has i i'm so excited to you know what i'm doing this afternoon don't you i'm (laughs) emptying the top drawer and i'm rehoming everything Mm -hmm. so that it's completely empty well that was the thing i think i used to keep bits of jewelry and stuff like that in my top drawer and i was like i it's not that wasn't the only place i kept jewelry so i thought i would just move that out and make space plus then things like I will keep if someone gives me a book to read that I'm not ready to read yet because I'm still finishing my current book that I can put that in the top drawer um and then then I know when I finish my current one because sometimes that might happen and then I think I still want to read a bit longer tonight but it's a long way to the bookshelf in the Mm. other room especially when it's cold so um I might have my second book in there but yeah other than that so give it a try you'll have to have to let us know I will I will I'm really excited about that whole idea I think and like you said the jewelry that I've got there I don't reach for it every day so why can't it just be stored with all the rest of my jewelry it's not there's no reason for me to have jewelry in two different places I can just have it in one place because the storage that I've got elsewhere is perfectly adequate and uh, so I just need to put it all there and not have it and put it away after I finish it or put it away in the morning after I've you know like you said, taking it off halfway through the night and stuck it in the drawer, uh, I can then put it away the next day. So that's, yeah. And I've got a cupboard underneath my drawer that I can put things like books. There's a few books to read in there. There's two or three books to read in there. And I think that's the only other thing that I would need um, to put down there because, you know, like you said, there's we're going to bed. We don't, we don't need all that stuff. We're only sleeping. Mm. And it's just it's that whole idea that I touched on before about resting mm. your eyes on like a calm space or a clear surface, it's for me, it's like the perfect uh, sleepy time tea, Mm. sleepy time remedy to go to bed, you know. Yeah. I find I've got that with the rest of my, for me, the walking into the bedroom at night and having my bed made, that really start. it really helps to calm me. I just, you know, walking in and, Mm -hmm. and, I mean, my bedside table is cluttered, but I don't necessarily look at that. I think I'll look at it more when it's not. But I don't look at that so much. I look at the bed mm. and I go, and I, I can feel myself go, oh, you know, that 
feeling of relief of oh I've got somewhere to climb in to now and um, I think you know you mentioned that morning routine of making your bed and that's a really important one for me as well my routine's a little bit different because I'm not I don't function very well when I first get up I wake up really groggy and so I'll sort of stagger out of the bedroom see this is why you need to start drinking tea Beck makes all the difference I yeah you need to have a cup of tea when oh, you wake, to wake up. up. Oh, just doesn't even have to be black tea, but just wake up, put the kettle on, even have like a. But what do you? Um, but it doesn't do anything between waking up and having to walk out of the bedroom, though. Like you have to wait until the tea you drink it before you feel all right. And a shower does that for me. No, because then eventually you'll become addicted, and then <laughs> it motivates me to get up, pull you to oh, the kitchen. <laughs> yes. I get you. Um, yep. I. Or you train your children <laughs> yeah, bring it. to bring you tea in bed. Maybe that's the other option. Well, that, that could be. But, yeah, I'm, I'm so groggy in the mornings that, you know, I, I, it's very common for me to run into the door on the way out of the bedroom or fall over or whatever. I'm, I'm that bad. Um, you'd think I took, you know, heavy doses of sleeping tablets the night before. I don't. I just wake up really groggy and it's, I always have. So for me to get up and do all of that, I wouldn't. I'd fall over and whack my head on the wardrobe. It just wouldn't be fun. So I get up first, Mm -hmm. go, and I have a shower, and that's the shower wakes me up. And then I come back into the bedroom, get dressed, make the bed, put the blinds up, open the window, you know, do all of those kinds of things. So for me it's not straight after I get up, but it is very shortly after. And so it's I don't leave Mm -hmm. the bedroom again that second time without it being the bed made and having it look tidy and, you know, things sort of accounted for and put in their spots. So because we've chatted quite a bit about how to keep it clutter-free, we haven't really talked about organising and storage. So we'll do another episode on storage in the bedroom and clearly wardrobe is a whole episode by itself as well. But there's lots of things that we can chat about with regards to storage. And um, we've talked a little bit, obviously, about storage with bedside tables and stuff like that. But we, I think we can do another episode on that. Do you reckon, Tara? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think we can. Uh, we could probably talk forever on <laughs> Any topic. I know. We always start off an episode thinking, oh, this will be a short one. And then 45 minutes later, we're like, ah, nope. Didn't quite achieve (laughs) that goal. But that's all right. That gives us more to talk about and more episodes to do it. So, yeah, if anyone's got any hacks for the ways they keep their master bedroom clutter free we would love to hear from you on our social media or via email. Social media is great because then other people get to read it as well. Uh, Your fabulous, clever tips. Uh, so I guess next we we might even mm. I was going to say back we might even be able to share a picture. Do you think? Uh, would you be Would you be bold enough to share your after picture of your bedside yes. table? Once you've decluttered, yes, I'm quite happy to share a picture of my bedroom with my newly decluttered bedside table. I might take a before picture of the bedside table too, and if I have brave enough, I'll, <laughs> I'll post that as well. Okay. So we might we might get brave enough to to put some pictures out there for you too. So keep an eye out for those. Yep. Now our challenge for the week this week we are looking at Facebook and social media contacts. Now, regardless of what platform or platforms you use for social media, when you're scrolling through, have a look at your feed. Look at the people that seem to be cluttering up your feed, maybe with things that you are sick of looking at or sick of seeing. Maybe there are people that tend to take a negative tone quite regularly and that drags you down rather than builds you up. See if there are contacts in there, maybe from 
previous jobs or previous lives that you've had that you really have nothing in common with and could quite happily declutter, see if you can take a few of those contacts out of your list and declutter your feed a little bit and let us know how you go with that on any of our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. Ironically. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us. If you've enjoyed listening, we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all of your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.